And let me just say, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here uh, to gather together as a body of believers. Man, it's an important thing to celebrate Christmas. Even with masks, the Holy Spirit is in this place. Amen? And we can celebrate what Christmas is about. So thank you. Thank you for allowing this to be a part um, of what you do on Christmas Eve. Uh, such a big deal. I know as a kid growing up, uh, the Christmas Eve service was something that we did uh, as a tradition. With my dad being a pastor, I didn't have a choice. And so we were going to the Christmas Eve service. But I have great memories of going to that service and telling him, Dad, keep it short. Keep it short. We got things to do. And, and some of you got some things to do. Some of you still need to go shopping after this service. And, and I went ahead and check. Walmart's open till 6, Target till 8. And so who would have guessed that? So you still got time to go do what you need to do. But this is a celebration of the greatest miracle that's ever been performed, honestly. I remember sitting in a seminary class and hearing a professor saying of all the miracles in the Bible, there's nothing that compares to this. There's nothing that compares to the incarnation of Christ. What does that mean? God becoming a man. Like when you think about the story, like it it really is hard for us, I believe, as human beings to wrap our minds around that concept that a God who had no beginning would enter into time and space. And as the Bible says, enter into his own creation, right? Everything that we see, everything that, that we touch was created by Jesus, is what the Bible says. And that he would come as a baby. Like you think about the story of that, right? That he would come, God, as a helpless baby, as we saw in that video, being born in a stable, not in a temple, not in a palace. You want to talk about humility. God coming as a helpless baby born in a stable. And you know, that's captivating. And what you find all throughout scripture is every time someone has an encounter with this story or has an encounter with Jesus, they're captivated just like we are. You know, we come into this place and we sing songs and we see videos and we read scripture and it is captivating. But unfortunately, there were many in the story that that's where they stopped. They were captivated by what Jesus had done, but it really didn't have an impact upon their life beyond that. I want to read the scripture tonight of just the Christmas story. And it's a passage that I know you've heard many times and it's in Luke 2. But I pray that although we've heard this story that you would allow this, just even tonight, to just be fresh in your heart and mind, so that God would come for you, that had you been the only one, he would have still had come. And he didn't just come to be born, we know that the purpose that he came is that he came to die. I just wanna read this passage if I could, Luke chapter two, beginning in verse one, Luke gives us details so that we know that this is not a fable, this is not a fairy tale, this is history. And he gives us details in the opening verses so that we know that, it says this. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And what you find in just these opening verses is prophecy after prophecy. If you go to the Old Testament, the prophets were saying, okay, when he comes, this is what it will look like. When he comes, this is where it will take place. When he comes, this will be the details. Over 300 prophecies that he fulfilled every one of them. And we find in the opening verses, even of Luke 2, prophecy after prophecy, that this is who they were speaking of. The Bible says this, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, prophecy, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, so who was with child. 
So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And here it is, the greatest miracle of all time, verse 7, Luke 2. And she brought forth her firstborn son, capital S, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. God, in flesh, in a dirty stable. Now they were there in the same country, the lowest of lows, shepherds, the lowest of lows, not allowed in the temple, not allowed in social gatherings, the lowest of lows God brings the message to. Love this. Shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David. Say it with me. A what? A A Savior. That's what this is about. Who is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, with that one angel, there was with the angel a multitude, a choir of heavenly hosts, proclaiming God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them in heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And I love verse 16, and they came with haste. So now here's the movement of it, right? They were captivated by what they heard, captivated by the message, but here's the response. They didn't stop there. They pursued. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it, here it is again, marveled at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. You know, we just talked about this whole story of Christmas, and the whole story of Christmas is you can't land here at just Bethlehem. You can't land at just the manger. You can't land at just the angel singing. You have to go back, and you have to go back to the beginning, right? You go back to the beginning in Genesis, and we understand that the story is really grounded in tragedy. That in Genesis 6, sin entered into humanity. Through rebellion and disobedience, sin entered into humanity. Therefore, every one of us are born into the seed of sin. Every one of us, according to what the Bible says, stands not only separated from God, but against God because of our sins. And the story is what? That one will come, there will be one who will come, as we are singing, heart the herald, angels sing, that one will come to reconcile sinners to God. And what we celebrate at Christmas is that he came. Is that all of those promises were fulfilled. And if there was ever any question, there were details of who he would be, where he would come from, what it would look like. And he fulfilled every single one of them. But the question is this. I'm just going to ask you simply tonight. How has it personally impacted you? If it was just you and I in the room, can you say that the story of Christmas has changed you in any way? Is it something we just celebrate where we're captivated by Jesus? We're captivated that God would become man. That's great. But has it changed you? Have you responded to it? Have you looked upon it like these shepherds and said, I will go and I will now be a follower of yours? So many times you see the encounters of Jesus. And I'm telling you, if you ever want to see the heart of Christ, just go to the gospel messages and look at the encounters of Jesus. One of my favorite ones is found in John 8. And you go to John 8, and it's the story of the woman caught in adultery. 
And the Bible tells us that here is Jesus with the Pharisees, and the Pharisees are are trying to set him up as they do all throughout the Gospels, trying to get him to break the law, so to prove that he wasn't the Messiah. And they bring this lady to him, and they say, she's been caught in adultery, and there's no rebuking it, it's known, she's been caught in adultery. And they say to her, okay, Moses' law says that we must stone her. And many of you probably know the story where Jesus looks upon them and says, those who are without sin, may they cast the first stone. And one by one, individuals left the scene. And there it was, just Jesus and this lady. And he looks upon her and he doesn't condemn her. He doesn't shame her. You wanna see the heart of what we celebrate at Christmas? He offers her grace, but he says, may it change you. And John 8, 12 says this, and Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall no longer walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I pray tonight where you're sitting, that as you go through the tradition of Christmas and as you go through the tradition of Christmas Eve with your presence and all that, that we just don't stop at being captivated. Because unfortunately, there's many in this book that were captivated. They encountered Jesus, they saw the story, they heard the message, but it didn't do anything to change them. Their lives continued in the course that they were walking. The Bible says for those who surrender their hearts and lives, it changes you. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but your course is changed. And rather than running to the things that we know are disobedient to God, we're running away from them. And the power of the Lord and the presence of the Lord goes and lives within us. I'm gonna ask you to pray with me tonight, if you would, right where you are. As we celebrate this Christmas Eve, the greatest gift that's ever been given, as we reflect upon, even as we give gifts tonight and tomorrow, the gift that God has given to understand that he gave us his son to the parents out there and the grandparents out there. That he would give us his son, not to those who deserve it (laughs) or was even asking for it, but by his grace, he gave us the son. How captivating is that? But I pray tonight that where you sit, that it moves beyond just, oh, that's a great story. What does it mean in your life? Can you say tonight that this Jesus that we celebrate, born in a manger, but who died on a cross and rose again, can you say tonight that he's taken you from a life walking in darkness and put you in a life walking in light? Can you say that tonight? Because listen, none of this celebration matters if you can't, honestly. We stop at just being captivated like many in scriptures and we walk away and it has no impact upon what it means in our lives. But the Bible says for those profess faith to those who say Lord I recognize your grace and your mercy that you came for me that you died for me a sinner a perfect sacrifice and now through my faith you have saved me for those who have professed that this celebration means so much more than just the lights the songs Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you tonight, and Lord, again, we are captivated by your love. That for God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. Lord, may we not get over that. 
And even in the celebration of our families and the traditions, Lord, may our minds be quick to go to what this is really and truly about. Sinners set apart from you a holy God and a savior who came to reconcile sinners so that we might walk with you and know you and have the hope of eternity with you. Lord, I pray right now in this setting, if there's one here who's never professed faith, it's not a mistake that you've led them in this place tonight. Lord, may it change them. Lord, may right where they sit, they cry out their need for you. You tell us, for by grace we are saved through faith. And Lord, I pray that in this room, we would be changed by that. This would be more than just a tradition. This would be a life-changing story. Lord, we give you praise that this baby lived a perfect life, never a sinful thought, never a sinful deed, lived a perfect life that he might be a perfect sacrifice. And for those who have called upon you, Lord, you tell us we stand before you clean. We stand before you justified, not condemned like the lady in John 8, but changed by your grace. So Lord, tonight we give you praise for Jesus who came, who lived, who died, and who rose again. We know he's coming back. And so Lord, may we walk in that hope. May we walk in that light. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray and all God's people said, amen. God bless you. May you have a wonderful celebration with your family and may Jesus be quick to come to our minds and our thoughts over these next two days. God bless you.